Hey, Jantans and Jantanites, Jason Desmond here from the Jantan Collective with a brand new exciting episode of What's Up With That. This is where we question, always. We learn, of course, and we grow. Subscribe, like, and comment below because we love hearing from you. Maybe you want to tell us about something that we talked about before, or maybe you want to tell us about something that you think we should be talking about. Get in touch right now. We love hearing from you. Now, uh, Benjamin Franklin one of the founding fathers of the United States of America, a very electrifying man. He once said in life, there's nothing certain except death and taxes. Very true. Yet many of us don't know enough about taxes. What's up with that? Now today, we're going to be finding out lots. We're going to be getting in deep. We're going to find out what you need to know about personal tax, business tax, tax in general, uh, how you can maximize it, and also really what you've been getting wrong about it. And to tell us all about this, in this discussion, we have uh, Shiva Jini Seelan, founder and partner of JS Partners and Tax Specialist. Jini, thanks so much for joining us. You're welcome, JD. Yeah, I'm honored to be on this show. We are very happy to have you here because it's tax season, the, the time where everybody freaks out and they're trying to figure out uh, whether there are changes to the online forms. And every year, people, <laughs> my mom always comes to me and says, like, am I doing the right thing? And every year I help her out with the taxes. I always forget what I did the year before. So it's uh, always one of those things that people freak out. Is it uh, something right. that stresses people out a lot every year? Definitely it does. I mean, people have the panic mode when, you know, you mentioned the word tax. So, you know, it, it certainly freaks people out. But and, not you, I assume. For no, you, it's like, I, oh, yeah. every year business. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's my business. And, you know, I'm trying to do more and more interviews and, you know, to educate, especially the SMEs. Um, and the individuals as well who who need help in this area. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that they don't fear of taxes. It shouldn't be a scary thing, right? Yeah, it shouldn't be at all, actually. Because uh, I think it's like going to the dentist. You have to do it. It's good for you. It's just yeah. a little bit of pain once in a while, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. That's right. How long have you been doing this? Tell us a bit about yourself. I mean, have you, were you an accountant? How, did, how does it work basically to be a, a tax specialist. Okay, well, um, I've been doing this over the last 20 years. Wow. Um, and, um, you know, I started um, in my dad's practice. We, you know, I started with audit. I did corporate secretarial. I've done, you know, accounting, payroll, and all the, the works with tax as well. Um, I come from a family of accountants. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. You grew up with numbers around you. Yeah. I grew up with numbers around me. Talk People talking about, you know, uh, taxes and accounts. So I'm quite used to it. And um, yeah. So that's um, a bit of my experience, actually. Yeah. But so your, your family, everybody also, it's like, because tax season is like the worst time for yes. accountants, basically, right? Because you have to do everybody just throws everything at you, whether you work for a company or not. Is yeah. this something that you actually wanted to do? Like, or was just like understood my father was, a, was in uh, accounting. I will get into accounting as well. Well, uh, no, it was not so much my account. Well, my dad, okay, was a, a role, I would say, you know, a role model. But, um, you know, I got to it and now it's come to a stage where I love what I do. You know, I love the taxes. I, I love the laws. You love the taxes. Uh, I mean, I, I love the tax laws in the right. sense that, you know, to educate, um, you know, the public and, you know, how to basically um, declare their taxes. 
And um, of course, you know, I also do, apart from that, it's um, the other services as well, which is accounting and uh, payroll we do and corporate sectoral. So we basically look after SMEs right. and um, yeah, so we want to, you know, help them grow and, you know, comply with the laws. So we need to know all these things. And when you mean SMEs, like how, how small does it go that you can help and how to how big? What's, okay, what's SMEs is basically um, anyone with a paid up capital of 2.5 million and below. Hmm. Okay. And uh, so that's basically um, a very large um, amount of companies. And also we look at individuals, we look at partnerships um, and small businesses as well. Right. Because yeah. I'm, I'm just wondering, because we're, we're going to talk about this even more because especially now with this situation, everybody is like those like probably people aren't being hired, but they've been contractors and then they have to be sole proprietors and how does that work and everything, right? But your company, do, do you guys settle all that as well? And are there usually like tax disputes? Can do you argue on behalf of the of the client and everything? Do you, yes, yes, we do that. So disputes? yeah, so tax is many areas, right? Do you have the compliance bit, which is all those forms that need to be filed? And um, then, you know, of course, IRB now is going very aggressive with the tax audits as well. And um, so we also help our clients with tax audits. And if it goes further to investigations, we also help them with um, disputes and speaking to the officers and taking it further. Um, so there are very, I mean, there's a lot of areas and we basically uh, cover most of the areas. Let's just jump straight into it because um, I've worked in many different countries uh, before and I've uh, like Singapore most of the time. Okay. Uh, then- I've done some stuff in Europe as well. And I always get taxed there generally. How is the Malaysian tax system different or how is it compared to other countries? Are we paying more or less? Okay, well, um, I think in terms of tax rates, um, we're um, uh, quite, uh, we're supposed to be the fifth country, um, you know, in terms of tax rates in uh, Asia Pacific. Um, uh, So, you know, we're looking at, it's a very territorial based system. Okay. Okay. So, which means the plus point about Malaysia is whatever money you earn in Malaysia is basically derived in Malaysia and you only declare the money you've earned in Malaysia. Okay. So, if you've got foreign source of income, you know, it's not uh, taxable in Malaysia and you don't even have to disclose it. So, that's a plus point. Whereas compared to Australia and other countries, you need to, um, it's world income. Oh, even, wow. So, if I do, I, that means do I get taxed in the country that I work in? And also have to pay tax to my own country? Yeah. No, so basically in Australia, you will have to declare income that you've earned in, in Malaysia as right. well if you're if you're working there. So if you've got a rental source that's coming through, you'll have to declare it over there. So and or disclose it. Um, so in that sense, Malaysia is quite good because it's very territorial. Are we paying more taxes in Malaysia compared to the M40 in say Singapore or M40 in Thailand, maybe? I think our taxes is uh, our tax rates are actually quite fair, and um, we're actually less in terms of tax rates. Oh, really? That, yeah, we're actually less compared to other countries. But the thing is, the high earners are having to pay much more taxes. Like if you're earning two million and more, you'll be paying at you know thirty um, percent tax rate. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Whereas the other rates are actually quite fair because, you know, so anything below 150,000, um, you're paying um, about 17% or less. Right. Okay. So your tax rate in Malaysia is considered quite, um, um, I would say, fair. But that's, you, you're talking about. And we're maybe hoping only in future it drops. Yeah. What? Sorry. 
we are hoping that the tax personal tax rates in future will drop. Yes. But, yeah. So that's the supposed to be the plans. Let's okay. see. Yeah. Because we wait for it in budget uh, announcements every year, and I'm like, tax, tax, tax. Nothing ever happens. Nothing ever drops. Right? But, but they've been dropping you... the company tax rates, though. Yeah. Uh, All right. Yeah. So that has been dropping, but uh, personal tax rates. Yeah. It. Um. In. I think it needs to ser- seriously be looked at as well. How? So how, that means the 17 percent that you talked about just now was for personal tax rates and. For personal, people... if you're earning a uh, 150,000 or so. Right. Okay. In a year. But um, of course, as it gets higher, after 150,000, you're going to start paying um, quite a bit of tax rates. And then when you compare it with other countries, it may seem like okay. quite high. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. But for businesses, you're generally paying for 150,000, you're paying like around 24%. Is that right? No, for so if you have a company, it's um, 17%. Okay. Yeah, for the first 600,000. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Even for even for the small smaller guys and everything like uh like sole proprietors. These or... are these are actually for the the SMEs. Okay. Uh, but sole proprietor and partnership will fall under the personal tax rates. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So that's you know under the which you have the brackets. Okay. Yeah. So I usually advise if you want to move to a company, you know, sometimes they're wondering, I've got a sole prop, and you know, when do I move to a, a like a private limited company? And I usually advise them that you know you move at uh, when you receive an income of one hundred fifty thousand mm. um, and more, and that's when you have to decide that maybe you should do the switch to a, a private limited company. Do people generally? I mean, how do freelancers um, like declare? Let's say it's just like it's constantly freelance work here, there, everywhere, and some overseas. Because you said uh, in Malaysia, our tax laws are if you earn money here, if, yes, if you earn territorial, outside, it's fine, right? Yes. How do freelancers do their taxes? Okay, so um, our income over here is, I mean, whether it's freelance or whether you're a professional, it's the same. It's just where you've derived the income from. So if it's, I mean, just say 50% or, you know, is from overseas income, you don't declare that 50%. So you only declare the balance 50% that you've earned in Malaysia. Okay. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, so they'll have to do a bit of an account and, and, and gauge what they've earned in Malaysia. And then, you know, um, yeah, less the expenses if they would as well, because they're not salaried, so they can minus some expenses. Yeah, because I know some, some freelancers, they don't have their own, they, they, they never started their own um, uh, sole proprietorship, right? Yeah. yeah, so they're not, they, they just, whatever money I get, I just keep and then there's some, I yes, sign yes, something, whatever. Right. So that that's always something I worry about. And then I ask like, how do you, how are you paying your taxes? Yeah. Because sometimes you want to get like a credit card or you get a loan or something. Yes. You need to show how you're getting stuff. When you sign something, it goes somewhere, doesn't it? The documentation. That's how right. are you doing their taxes then? So, so that's what happens, you see. They'll start off that way and then eventually when they want to go and buy something, they're like, oh, okay. Now I think I need to get more structured and that's when they'll, you know, have a company and things like that, that they won't want to draw a salary from the right. company. So what happens to all those years of not being structured? Do they get taxed for those years and because they can't even keep track of it? Yeah, so so that's the issue, you see. So sometimes, um, you know, if the tax department goes on to them and, you know, ask them for the documents and they don't have, so then they will go through, oh, what's your lifestyle? And they will go deeper in your bank account details and things like that to have an idea. And they basically draw up a capital statement. Right, okay. Um, so this happens only when, you know, there's a big issue or, you know, your lifestyle just doesn't match what you're actually reporting 
I see. Okay, okay, right. Yeah, so a lot of people have a very flashy and lavish lifestyle, but what they report in their, um, you know, um, accounts, I mean, in their taxes, it's very little or they're not, not paying at all. Right, right. So that's when there's issues. The tax department actually goes and checks on their lifestyle, like they, they've been checking up on their Instagram feed or something or what? I mean, they don't. I mean, there was a bit of hype recently about this, but um, they actually don't. But, um, you know, they would just ask them for, for their bank statements and, um, and those details. And from there, they would be able to gauge their lifestyle. Yeah. Which is why assumptions I, and yeah. you know, those kind of things. My advice, because I've, and it might be horrible advice, but this is just how I've been doing it. I'm like, every time they come and tell me about stuff like this, and I'm like, holy crap, dude. You know what? I think you need to start a small company, a sole proprietor, uh, sole proprietorship. Yeah get a bank account for that particular one. Yes. So everything just goes into that. Your nightmare, it's it's just simplifies That's everything, right. right? Yeah, because it's more structured, right? Otherwise, it's like your personal and your company. Correct. And your personal and your work, everything just gets mixed up. And yeah, yeah I mean, though you think it's not much, but it, it all adds up. Yeah, because yeah. you want it to be clear enough for the tax department to go, actually, you know what, you didn't... You didn't earn enough anyway in your in your freelance gig to for you to be paying taxes, basically, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because I've been getting asked this a lot because a lot of my friends have um they've moved from being employed that means uh, getting a salary to the company saying, hey, why didn't you become a contractor? And then you're like, wait, how the hell does this work? That means uh, basically you give us an invoice every month and then you do this. Then you're like, does that mean I'm a I'm a company on my own? So yeah, sole proprietor, you set it up, but that means do you submit your taxes as per how you used to, or do you go through it through an accountant? How does that work as a sole proprietor for oh, has smaller a sole, guys? For a guy. For, for the a, smaller for the smaller guys. Let's say you're just a contractor with a company, you're you're a vendor, let's say for yeah. a company. Yeah. Okay. So um yeah, so they'll fall on the sole proprietor. They can either bill it out under their names or they have a company, you know, which they have registered under SSM, which mm-hmm. is a sole pro. Now both uh, ways you have to file basically a form B, which is the business form. Right. Okay. And that's um, due on 30th of June. Um, so where you will actually compile all the businesses that you have earned. Now, when you have a business form, you can actually minus some of your expenses. Yeah. I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, whether it was entertainment, entertaining your clients, petrol toll parking, you know, maybe you'll have to hire some casual wages. So you can minus some of your expenses. Something my accountant always tells me and I'm like, I keep forgetting the receipts. It, receipts are a king, right? Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's right. So you need your receipts for sure. Um yeah, that's the most important. I mean, most of the time, actually, um, we the challenge that we face is by the time they come and see us, it's sometimes too late. The receipts mm. have been lost and they're like, oh, my God. You know, so most of the time, I think that at least 30 uh, percent, if you don't do it on track and on time, you would at least lose 30 percent of what um, tax savings you know really? i would think easily. So how much can i deduct from all these receipts and whatnot? i mean because you know um you know something you'd be amazed you know because even like for businesses for instance you will have all the various expenses yeah that on a daily basis that you might be you know entertaining your clients or you know um your meals or yeah. things like that that you would have and i mean it all adds up you know, and then on top of that, you get your net profit. And then from there, from the net profit, you're going to minus your reliefs. Now, reliefs, we are talking about, 
you know, in its lifestyle, purchase of computer, um, you know, insurance, you know, so those reliefs, even though, you know, it's a benefit to you at the end of the day yeah, yeah. and it's worth getting it, you know, yeah. whether it's traveling around Malaysia um, and, and claiming that thousand, it's still something that's going to affect your bottom line. But it's also very dependent on you, the business that you do. So if you're like in the entertainment line or if you're in, if your business depends a lot on sales, then you have to entertain clients. But if, if you're just like some, uh, uh, I don't know, a data cruncher, or maybe you're just editing videos and everything, you don't generally meet people, the deductions are completely different, is it? Yes, it's completely different in that sense. Uh, unless you can prove to the tax department that you need to meet and get new clients or, right, uh, right. or, or yeah. So, so in this case, should the small guy who just started his sole proprietorship, should he get uh, an accountant to sort out all these things for him? Because it's a nightmare. I mean, you have to, if you have to go over to the tax office and to do all this on your own. Um, I think, yeah. I mean, that's why we come in. I mean, that's why we come in. And the reason why we, we help them is because it's the same reason. I mean, we get this all the time. Our clients basically come and tell us like, it's a nightmare. You know, they've tried it, doing it on your own. And then yeah. they realize it's just, you know, they just want to focus on the growth of the business. They don't want to worry about all these operations Correct. and things, you know, that um, needs to be worried about. So, yeah, so that's why they come and see us and, you know, we guide them through and help them, um, you know, with their documents. You are a godsend. Let's just, let me put it that way. Because <laughs> it's very, very complex for someone to go through all of that and already our own business just trying to get money in is yes. complex enough now we're gonna yes. put money out and it's still very complex i'm like what what's going on yeah right? yeah it's not easy when you're when you're having a small business you know worrying about the income in and then invoicing and then the collections yeah. <laughs> so so when are you really supposed to start paying taxes how young is it when you get your first job and you're only earning like 500 ringgit as an intern or something like that when do you really have to when start you... paying and declaring so um the amount that you should look at will be 2800 a month so if you earn anything 28 in a month a 28 and above it's time for you to start paying taxes right. or 34000 a year for those who do not have a monthly income. So that means basically when you're a fresh grad, yeah. they generally will not have to pay tax, but they still have to declare, is it? Okay, so if you're below the threshold, you don't have to declare at all. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. you don't have to declare unless you're having other sources of income like rental or um, you know interest or anything, then you declare. But only when you reach the 34, you then start to open your tax file and register also generally your, your employer uh the 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 accounting department they don't generally give you an attack or, or let's say you have an employee number it automatically doesn't automatically start going like okay 2005 we start deducting no 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 they will only start after 28 i see okay cool i was wondering about that what should a first time taxpayer know because like are they all get very panicked especially if they're from a family of maybe uh, low income earners and next thing you know you get a, a kid who yeah. suddenly becomes a graduate and then yes. goes out to start working and everything and you don't know head or tail mm -hmm. about this what should a first time taxpayer really know um okay well of course first time they will have to first set up their file which is under the um LHDN portal right and you do it yourself yeah, they can do it themselves because it's okay. quite straightforward. Okay. So the Allegen website and it's called uh, MyTax. Right. MyTax is eDaftar where they can go on the individual. Okay. Um, the next thing they need to know is all the reliefs that needs to be claimed. 
And it'd be good if they know it in advance so that they can actually start, you know, contributing, whether it's insurance or, you know, um, those kind of things. Zakat payments and stuff like this, right? Yeah, Zakat payments and, um, you know, parental care as well. They're supporting their parents. Insurance? Uh, is it life insurance or medical insurance? That also so you, gets- get, you get the life and you get your medical. Right, okay. Yeah. So okay. it's good. So in a way, they're encouraging you to get insurance. Pay, get insurance for yourself. It's better for you anyway. That's right. And I mean, the insurance... That's right. You get deductions. Plus, also the PRS is also a good thing. Um, you know, the private retirement yes, scheme. Yes, the additional one that yeah. you want to put on top of your KWSP, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's also a good, um, you know, relief. So they can do that, and they've got to know that they have to keep all these documents for seven years. Seven years. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I think these are the information that they should know in advance. That you know. Uh, whatever they're doing, they've got to keep it for seven years. So they need to have a system and follow it uh, regularly. When you say a system, do you mean like they need to file all the receipts, whatever it is? Or is it better for them to scan everything? Because the receipt, sometimes it just fades away. Yeah, right? yeah. Are those scans, uh, of are they legit? Are they legal? I mean... You yeah. I mean? So, uh, yeah, you can actually scan those receipts because most of the time the petrol and all those receipts actually in those kind of papers actually, um, you those know, paper quality, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, or you can photostat the receipts and then, okay. you know, so uh, photo, photocopy is allowed. Yeah. Photocopy is also allowed. Um, you know, though the tax department actually says they need actual receipts. Yeah. Um, but you know, many cases now we have also been emailing the receipts and things like that, you know. So um you are still supposed to keep the papers. Maybe you can circle it, um, circle okay. the figures and you know, so that it doesn't fade, but always have a backup. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you basically need yeah, hard physical proof. So you scan it. Then yes, it fades, but basically but you just some keep numbers, it first. Whatever. Yeah, we still haven't moved to the stage where we can they accept everything online and you know digital. So that's why the hard copies are really needed still. Okay, because I'm just wondering. I always wonder about this for the guy that started a burger stall. You know what I mean? Let's mm. say he's young and he's a graduate, but it's hard to find a job in times like this. And he decides to start a burger stall and it's just him and it's just his own thing. Okay. So basically, um, yeah, the burger stall. So, ha- okay. So if it's a stall or something like that and he won't have time, he should at least record, like have an exercise book, record all the income that comes through, you know? Um, oh, so that's, that's good enough already. Yeah. I mean, he, they would, I mean, they would expect that from a stall. Okay. Okay. Right. So um, income that needs to come in and then whatever he's paying for his expenses. I mean, if they like a serious tax audit that gets onto him. So it all depends on the lifestyle, right? Yeah. So the lifestyle that he leads will all explain what kind of income he's, you know, earning at the end of the day. Yeah. So, so that's how, you know, the tax department actually gauges. Okay. Because well. so I'm just thinking about the guy, the poor guy is already trying to make burgers. I don't yeah. think he has a cash register even. So yeah, yeah. He's, he's struggling already as it is. And then now, at the end of the year, he has to try and figure out how am I going to tell this, whoever it is, how, how many burgers special I made and it's going to be how much according to... Uh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. a nightmare for him already. So, Does I, mean, he? I, I think for them, it's like a rough, um, you know, accounts that they just need to keep so that, you know, they'll be able to justify that, okay, you know, I, I, I didn't make much or this is it. And okay. Yeah. So that should right. be- I guess number one, there's there's no running away from taxes. Ben Franklin did say death and taxes. The, that's right. 
that is how it is, right? So there's all these urban legends, I suppose, that people keep throwing around. When you don't pay your taxes, you go to jail. So what does really happen when you don't pay taxes? Okay, so there's an offense and they have actually increased the penalty from last year onwards. Um, so what happens, it's, it's called an offense, which is the willful evasion. Okay. okay. So you're willfully waiting to pay taxes. Mm. Yeah. And um, you basically get a fine of a thousand to about 20,000 ringgit and um, or imprisonment for three years. So you do go to jail. Yeah, you can. You can either depending on the situation. So either way, it's either you you pay the fine or you go to jail or you can even have both. Plus, there's a penalty of 300 percent of total tax amount that you've not paid. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So, you know, just say you've got 10,000, you pay 30,000. If you have 100, it's 300K. So, so basically they're saying you might as well pay your taxes because if you don't, you're paying a heck of a lot more. Yeah, that's right. So, and now with these tax audits that they keep sending letters out now, they're really going hard on it. So, you know, I would really advise, and that's why I'm doing a lot of interviews and trying to educate people that, you know, even if it's the smallest thing, just make sure you declare everything correctly. You have your receipts. If you want to reduce your taxes, try to, you know, have all your receipts, you know, in place. And that's right. very important. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, the urban legend. You seem like you're getting nervous, JD. No, I'm just because <laughs> I've always wondered about that because everybody keeps telling me you don't pay tax. Because I've I've always done the taxes very straightforward EA form according to uh, yeah. the time yeah. stipulated and whatnot, right? Yeah. So it's very, very straightforward. And yeah. to pay, it's all made, done very, very easily because you have the pembayaran, but it's jadwal and everything. Basically, you've, you've already paid. Yes, that's right. So when it comes to salaried income, it's very straightforward because you get your EA form, you just follow all those details. And most times it's a refund. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So the only thing is, um, you know, sometimes the details of the bank accounts are not mentioned in the forms. So, you know, then they're wondering how come they didn't get their refund. Yeah. And it's because they've not put in the bank details. And some people might be afraid of putting their bank details inside, but it's it's a must. Yeah. On the form. Yeah. And for the most part, I think, uh, in Malaysia, anyway, they make it really, really easy for you to actually pay taxes when you're a salaried worker. It's That's pretty right. straightforward. You you have yes. like book deductions, the KWSP deductions, father yes. and mother's um, medical expenses, and everything. Care. Right. Yeah. And then once in a while, the computer. I mean, right. It's not. It's not an always once in thing. Three right? years. Yeah. Once in three years, except right. for last year where you have the additional deduction computer. Right. Okay. Because last year was because I think it was because of that. COVID so, and yeah, people yeah. get more devices. Yeah. Right. Right. We cannot avoid paying taxes. It's actually good for us to pay taxes because taxes that you pay yeah. come back to you when it comes to maybe uh, in terms of education or whatnot in different countries. I don't mind paying tax. I know it's for nation building. Yeah. But is there a way we can pay less after all the deductions and anything? Is there any other way that we can? You know, besides waiting for the budget announcements every year and the finance minister to say personal taxes is going down. Is there any other way that we can pay less tax? Um, okay, that's that's a tough question, actually, um, because, you know, the tax department is getting more and more sophisticated with their system. You know, okay. um, I think those days people used to feel like, oh, you know, I think they can't find me. They can't reach me. And, right. you know, uh, but it's not the case anymore. It's um, it's very sophisticated with the banks and with the foreign banks as well. It's all linked. Mm. Um, so, you know, 
Um, in terms oh, of but I'm not saying don't do things illegally, like right? legit wise, like legally. Yeah. Is there any way you can start paying less tax? I mean, I, I think um, it's focusing on the reliefs, okay. yeah, and making sure you've got like you know, since it's the beginning of the year, it'd be good to actually capture as many receipts uh, as possible and have a pocket system where you've got all the reliefs uh, listed out, and you just keep dropping it into and those pockets. Be disciplined, basically. Yeah, and just be disciplined. Um, so that's one. And I mean, yeah, basically, my advice is try to maximize as much when it comes to the reliefs yeah. and um, and donations as well for books, business and companies. Do they really count though? Like books, how much can how much receipts can you get from books? Okay, so that's that's the thing. It's um, you know, you have two five, which is books, and you have your gym membership, you have a purchase of computer. So sometimes, you know, some of these receipts. Um, you know, you may not need, if you're buying a computer, which is like two five, it's already, you know, you don't need the book receipts. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So you got to see how you can put the book receipt somewhere else. If you have a business or, you know, things like that, the books yeah. have been beneficial for your business. So you've got to, I see that because for, for businesses is a complete different thing when yes. it comes to receipts, right? I see. Okay. Yes. Yes. That's right. So, so, you know, the reliefs are basically standard. And if you're a salaried income, of course, you've got no way, but just to f- rely on the reliefs. But if you're a business, you have your company, you have your, you know, um, enterprise partnerships. Um, of course, some of the expenses can be claimed and deducted right. depending on your business. So you can, you know, save on taxes. Okay. Um, and of course, for companies as well, then they can look at dividends payout. So after you pay the taxes, you can then issue dividends, which is free from taxes uh, because it's already been suffered the tax. Right. And, um, and yeah, so, and you don't have to disclose the dividends in your personal tax. Interesting. Yeah. Right. Uh, investments and whatnot. So like, let's say, because earlier you mentioned about um, rentals and stuff like this, right? So if I, if I, if I make some money from an investment or whatnot from, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Unit trust or whatever it is. Where do I put that into? Okay. The- for individuals, unit trust, um, Income is not, um, you don't have to basically disclose that. Okay. Uh, so there's some in, uh, exemptions actually when it comes to income for uh, individuals. Actually, you know what? How much does an accountant cost to do something like this? Because there's bookkeeping, obviously. There's, uh, sometimes there's company secretarial work and whatnot. And then after that, there's a tax um, file yeah. application and whatnot, right? How yeah. much does it all cost? Well, it... I mean, it ranges, yeah. So, like, um, if you have a company, like a private limited company, it will range. Like, corporate secretary work will usually range from one five to two thousand. Okay. Oh, okay, and, right. Uh, yeah, which will include the retainer, filing fees, and whatnot. And then you have your audits and your taxes, and that's based on the. Um, I mean, of course, we have the MIA guideline, and also the volume of business. Right. Yeah. Okay. So it depends on the turnover. Um, filing your personal taxes. I mean, if it's a straightforward situation, you know, it ranges from five hundred to eight hundred dollars a year. If, if this entire year, uh, or let's say twenty twenty, let's just say twenty twenty, I was um, a contractor or a vendor, and I would be sending in um, invoices and whatnot. So obviously, I would have to file taxes based on my my business, my yes. small business, right? Okay. Do I still need to go to my my personal one and say I didn't earn any money or is that just oh you can only have one form right right so you either choose um, depending on what form you had previously whether it was a B or a BE 
Okay. And now if you're moving on to more business, then you'll have to choose the B form. And in that B form, you can also mention that, um, you know, you've got a salary or other income. Right, right. Or if I if I never got a salary this entire Yeah, so year. then you would just be a B. Okay, okay, cool. So I don't have to file both and say one was zero. Oh, no, no. You confuse right. the text. <laughs> right, right. I'm just wondering exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, so BE is very much into the salaried income. Mm. And if earning any extra income like rental, you can actually put it in as well. Oh, as okay. soon as you move to business, it's B form. Okay, right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so for those who are just contractors and vendors, remember that. Okay, yes. get an accountant to sort out everything for you because it's worth getting them it sorts out all the nightmares and headaches seriously now um i use an accountant do you yeah. advise all everyone who's like a freelancer and uh and a small company owner or do you advise them to get an accountant to sort out all their taxes yeah in in um you know a higher situation you know where you feel that yeah you're definitely getting more messier and you know in terms of documentations it's difficult to keep track then um you definitely it'd be good for you to get an accountant to help you uh, sort out the accounts, you know, where you get your full set of income statement, balance sheet, uh, general ledger, and then it, it all goes down to the taxes as well, yeah. uh, where things are filed um, accurately. What do most people, because you've been doing this for 20 years, right? And yeah. I find it fascinating because that means what you started when you were five years old. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about how is that possible? But having done this for so long, for 20 years, yeah. I'm sure you've seen a lot of mistakes when people file taxes what do most people get wrong when they file taxes okay um so the most mistakes is usually the last pages of the form b the business income which is the income statement balance sheet okay the details that needs to be put in usually they're completely lost you know and um we so also have when they do it on their own yeah when they try to do it on their own right, okay right. Um, and the other issues, are, of course, um, if they've employed, um, you know, a junior clerk to keep all their receipts or do their filings, um, sometimes there's a lot of mistakes and they, you know, they, they don't realize it until it actually. Wait, what do you mean by mistakes from a junior clerk? That means they're not putting in all the right details? They're not putting it in the right um, accurate uh, places, filling up the forms. Right. You know, and then, you know, years, they come to us only when there's a problem. <laughs> yeah. When there's right. a tax audit, then they'll come to us and say, oh my God, you know, I didn't do this right. And, you know, this person was doing it wrong and things like that. Is the that other, fixable? Uh, well, you see, when there's an issue with your tax form that you've submitted wrongly, um, and if you go back to LHDN and say, oh, I, I made a mistake in the form, immediately there's usually a tax audit on you after that. Right. So it's good to, to get it all right and just submit it because you don't want to, you know. Okay. Um, Again, that's why you need to anything. get a good accountant. Yeah. Um, the other the other thing is, of course, a residential address. When they move um, their houses, they don't inform uh, LHDN on their change of address. So they don't get the notices that are submitted um, to them. And um, and what happens is, you know, they had the travel ban before. So most times they will get to the airport and realize they can't fly. Right. Um, Okay. Yeah, because, you know, they've not paid their taxes and then they're like, you know, clueless because they've not received any notice. Mm. So that's very important that they update their residency as okay. well. Even if you rent? Pardon? Even if you're like renting a space or whatnot for the for the particular business that you're having and then you keep moving from one year to another, you need to constantly update that. Yeah, yeah. You need to update every time you move. So whether it's your residency where you stay or your office address, you have to 
both um, get it updated. Wow, this, this it's just the tiniest things, even even down to your address, right? I know. Yeah, it is. It is. Okay, you but know, that's was, why that's why you do what you do because you know these details count. Yeah, yeah. I mean, most of the times, once we are tax agents, we get all the notice, mm. um, you know, but it's when, when people file it on their own, that's when the, these kind of issues happen. Okay. Um, and the, of course, the other issues, the bank details, as I mentioned earlier, sometimes they don't put their bank uh, accounts inside on the form. Do you get a lot of questions from people? And it always seems to be the same question. And you're like, oh God, this question again, I got to answer again. What are the most common questions that you get about taxes? Okay. Um, Okay, some of it would be like, how come I've not received any notice from LHDN? Ah, right, okay. Um, the overseas income... address. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. that's right. Um, um, the overseas income as well. Like, do I need to report this if I, you know, earn such an income overseas? Um, that's a very common question. Um, the filing dates, the um, what type of forms I need to actually, you know... Um, um, file i mean right. like what are the forms that i need to yeah whether it's a b or a be you know it's um people sometimes are very confused between the two yeah um and then of course do i need to file an income below thirty four thousand? okay yeah so that's also a very common question yeah actually that's a very interesting because i i used to think hey the moment you start earning some money thousand five two thousand whatever it is you have to start telling at least the end, I'm starting to earn money, but uh-huh. 34,000 is a very interesting new number that I just learned about. Um, yeah. Are there things that, from all the questions that you get, are there things that people often miss out on and then they're paying more tax than they should or they didn't put in certain figures? Are there some very common things that people are not aware about generally? Um, the Well, the common stuff would be usually the... Um, I mean, some of the ex- some of the reliefs, you know. Um, and it changes every year, though, right? Yeah, it changes every year. So they'll be, you know, a bit confused with the reliefs. And some of the reliefs, like, for instance, is broken down. Like, you know, um, sports attire and shoes, okay, mm-hmm. uh, you, you can't claim that. Right. Though you have a sports equipment uh, relief, but you can't claim sports attire and shoes. And sometimes they might claim that. Um, you know, and sometimes bills are not under their names, but someone else's. Right. You know, whether it's wife or husband kind of situation. Um, so these are like the common mistakes. So it, it might be minute, but though it's minute, as I mentioned, it's still, you know, at the end of the day, money and it ha- affects your bottom line. Yeah. So how do you find out all these details? That, do you like intently listen to the budget when it comes to the tax bit and say, okay, let's listen into the relief uh, bit and then just write it down? Or how do you know all that? Okay, so well, yeah, so the budget's one. And of course, we need to, as professionals, constantly update our knowledge. So we have to go for courses. Um, and um, yeah, and then we've all got the latest books and, you know. Um, yeah, where, so do they automatically send it to you because you're a tax agent? So do all the accountants in Malaysia all generally keep getting the same information updated every single year? Uh, no, actually, we have to actually purchase these books. Smart. Yeah, (laughs) I'm just wondering how, right? So, okay, that's how they make extra money. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's right. All right. Um, That's a big one. I always wonder what is deductible and what is not. Like the the sports shoes one, like the whole of last year, because gyms were closed, people started buying a lot of gym equipment to work out at home. That's right. Has that 
count as sports equipment or does it have yeah, to be so like that's a- uh that's uh, should count for sports equipment okay um which they yeah they basically gave a relief for 2021 as well 500 ringgit right. in addition for sports equipment or registration with um you know all those entrance fees that you pay for the runs you know and if you're not sure you need to check basically with the national sports department really <laughs> yeah so you know that's where you need to check and see whether it actually complies like for instance if it's a registration fee you are obligated to actually check and see whether this particular body is something that is allowable allowed you know okay yeah, yeah. like what else is there like um the changes from last year to this year Yeah, I mean like every every year changes right for like the travel reimbursement because number one we weren't even allowed to travel. Right? Yeah. So how how does that work? I know. I mean um I think when they lifted the MCO and it went to CMCO and when we were allowed to travel um I think many managed to actually get the 1000 ringgit um you know that they are able to claim for travel relief. Now that as well you need to check with the tourism board which areas in Malaysia that is actually falls under this category right okay um gym membership do they count gym membership yeah yeah gym membership counts okay yeah right. and the lifestyle ah i see it's not cuz i was thinking huh, is that an equipment technically yeah no no it's together with the lifestyle uh, relief which is okay. the five um yeah and um so we have the travel relief which is extended up to this year as well yeah So I'm I'm looking at the like the budget one. <laughs> the, the, I'm just going through this budget sheet that I just uh, just uh, downloaded, yeah. and I'm like, there's a lot of different things that changes year to year. From there's 2019, 2020, and then now there's 2020. Yes. 2018, 2019, 2018. Uh, yeah. That's right. So how, so how do you get the travel things sorted? So in 2021, we will be allowed to travel again. Maybe. Yes. So they, they they have extended that to 2021 as well, okay. which means um the thousand relief will be allowed. So that's something. So you know um, that can be claimed, I and uh, from last year to this year, we've got a few differences in terms of reliefs as well for 2021. Okay. Right. So and you already know all the differences for 2021 already because from the budget. Yeah. What was okay. So any yeah. any good stuff that we should be looking out for? Yeah. So I mean, um, one of it would be the education fees, where you know the seven thousand relief out of which. One thousand is allowed for upskilling and self-enhancement courses. Right. Yeah. Because people so have lost jobs and need to. Yes, that's okay. right. Um, which you can also check with the National Skills Department on the course whether you know it's allowable and you know. But I think most courses should be you know. Um, it doesn't get that technical when you know. Uh, but you know, as long as you're using it for a particular skill, the body is you know uh, recognized in Malaysia. You know, you should. There's be- so many departments to check with. I know, I know. Does <laughs> at least they just have a list of what is allowed and what is not? No judgment. No. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So these are the things that makes it difficult sometimes. I think when when you know people want to claim and then they're like, okay, this seems all right to yeah. the general public, but. You know where do we really go and check, and that's when that extra step makes it difficult. Correct, because you're cross-checking constantly. Where, where yeah, right? yeah, that's right. And then yeah. if you're gonna call up the department, it's like then you're gonna put on be put on hold. It's not what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a headache that people. And this whole process through. that actually seems simple yeah. is now gonna be you know time-consuming. Yeah. Also, another thing, charity is a big thing. Like we always seem to pay. Um, 
yearly, like every every three months, money is deducted from our our credit card or whatever it is for some kind of charity, whether it's WWF or it's for yeah. Kidney Foundation or whatnot. So the yeah. big ones are generally legit when they when they say, okay, see, keep the receipt, yeah. put in the total amount because that's going to be deductible. But have there been any uh, charities that come up and say, use this receipt, it's for tax purposes, and it's not, it's not really deductible, or are are all charities that you pay okay. to deductible? So charities, only if they have the exam cert, yeah, which is the section 446 uh, income tax exemption, which is written on the receipt, Okay, would be the ones that are allowed for tax. Okay. Um, so not necessarily the big ones, the small ones, some of them have as well. So you just need to make sure that um, they are allowed. And to find out whether this is legit, you can actually go on the LHDN website. Okay, okay, right. Um, and then there's a section 446 and you can actually find out who are the companies. <laughs> I was thinking yeah. there's a national charity foundation that your <laughs> department needs to check. Yeah, uh, who have this exemption. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Because I think that's a big one that a lot of people go through and they, they face um, these um, fund... Uh, fundraisers constantly right and then they always get asked hey would you want to uh, top up yes, and everything yes. how much uh, deductions can you get from the from charities okay it's 10 percent basically right um yeah is there, okay. is there a cap though yeah so the cap is at basically 10 percent of your chargeable income also that that's the that's out okay i see yeah yeah so it doesn't so you can't pay, to pay a lot in a way yeah, you can't. So just say you're, after your reliefs, your chargeable income is about 30000 or 40000 So 10%, that means you can only donate 3000 Okay. All right. So yeah. yeah, you do good stuff. Give money away to charity. Just that uh, don't go over. Yeah, you got to keep yeah. a tab. <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. Then what about people who, and I get asked this a lot, right? If I win the lottery. Yeah. Right? Uh, let's say it's a million, whatever it is, right? Uh, is that taxable? Uh, well, yeah, you should disclose that information. Right. Uh, well, generally, because I've never won the lottery, right? Yeah. If you win a million, do you actually get a million from the lottery or, or do they already take out the, the, the tax from that? No, no, uh, you get you you get the, the, the whole one million actually. Right. But you're supposed uh, to declare. Yeah, so you're supposed to actually keep a tab of this, this, you know, what you've got it for. If it's lottery um, earnings, if I'm not mistaken, um, you just have to disclose it, but you do not have to declare the amount. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's like how a does that work. I mean, it's like okay, it's just like how parents, you know, give you something. For instance, mm. you get a gift from your parent. Okay. Um, you know, um, where if it's financial or even if it's, you know, from um, a passing of, um, you know, um, a grandparent or an elderly or something like that. So what you get inheritance and so Yeah, some inheritance, exactly. Right. Um, so those things don't have to be um, disclosed or taxed as well. Okay. Yeah. But you had so to tell we, them that I did get something. I don't have to tell you how much it is. Okay. So, um, okay. In your, in your personal tax forms, there's no places that you have to disclose. But exactly. I'm just trying to look through it. I'm like, where does this go? But you need to actually keep it um, in some record when there's a tax audit. Ah, okay. You know, then when you go and buy something, because, you know, when you get a lottery or you, you win some money, you're going to go and use it to buy a house or something like that. And then yeah, yeah. automatically there's going to be a tax audit on you. Yeah. Right. So you've got to keep a tab on where. So that's when you, the disclosure comes in. All right. How much do you get tax for a million bucks? Generally, if it's lottery? Oh, yeah. A million, you're close to about 28% tax. 
have you had to deal with something like that before from somebody? Oh, yes, yes. All right. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, yeah. it's more than a million, right? So yeah, it's more than a million. Exactly. So does it go so like a million is twenty eight percent? And if it's higher, is it, it's thirty percent. And that was raised last year. Um, yeah, the thirty percent over two million income. Thirty percent. Millionaires are really actually having the, um, yeah, having an issue with dealing with the taxes. Because I'm just thinking, if I if I won ten million dollars, let's just say. Three million goes out my 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 pocket generally. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Holy shit! Oh my god, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so th- that's very interesting to know because I'm assuming that because of how times have been, I've seen the lines at the at the at the at the lottery places being slightly longer. So I'm thinking people have getting been getting a bit more. Yeah, but lottery, they don't have to disclose it. Yeah. I mean, okay. they don't have to actually pay the taxes on the lottery. Yeah. Okay. But so an audit will happen like, if you win. An like audit will happen. And yeah, that's when the capital statement and things like that, you know, where you got this money from when you bought this and that. Right, so right. they need to make sure they, yeah, because because lottery income is just a one off situation. Uh, Ginny, for someone who's been dealing with money all her life, right? And and most of it, other people's money, even, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, I would just like you to touch a little bit on this because generally, and I'm not saying all the time, but generally the men, the, the, the man of the house takes care of all the uh, mm. expenses and he, he, he's a breadwinner and whatnot. Sure. Everyone says the, the wife is a minister of finance, but mm. just trying to figure out what tips can you share for, because we're from the Janta collective, right? What yeah. tips can you share for all Jantans when it comes to money management? Money management. Um, okay. Or in general. Yeah, in general. Okay. Um, yeah. So, well, I've noticed like, um, you know, people having a few credit cards. Um, and I feel like um, you you should only have two, you know, and the other two you should just keep at home. Okay. Because for them to manage their credit cards, expenses, you know, you think it's it's just something you just walk into the ba- uh, walk into the shop and just swipe it. Um, and you know, that's when you actually lose track of a lot of your expenses Yeah. because you don't really check. Sometimes it's, um, double deducted. Most times people actually don't check their, their credit card statements. And, um, you know, so that's when, you know, issues come up as well. So, uh, managing the credit card is vital and having a debit card instead is, um, you know, best way forward. Yeah. Spend um, what you have only, right? Yes, that's right. Spend what you have, unless it's something, you know, you really need it, like something broke down in the house and you really need it, um, you know, and you need that extra, um, you know, uh, leverage, Beverly. Yeah. So you use the credit card. You need you a know? 12 months uh, in, um, installment yeah. interest-free payment. Yeah, then that's use right. your credit card. So right then there. use your credit card. So you really got to think when it comes to your expenses, you know, don't just swipe the cards anywhere you go and uh, without thinking. That's important. Um, I think a, um, a, a good jantan would know how to manage his money. I'm sure. I'm right. sure. Yeah. <laughs> but from, I, I, I assume you're married. Yes, yes. I'm married. I've got three kids. Brilliant. Um, any of them, uh, any of the kids' boys? Yeah, I've got two boys okay. and a girl. Yeah. So how can, uh, looking at raising a good jantan, raising good men? Yeah. What's, what's your advice for that? Um, well, I think, um, well, you see, we don't have a helper in the house. So I, I get, and the reason we choose not to have one 
Uh, I mean, I choose actually not to have one because uh, I want my boys uh, and my daughter to learn how to to do the domestic work in the house. Yeah. Um, and I think it's important because otherwise um, they tend to think it's a, a women's role. Yes. Uh, yes. You know, and and so it's something that you know everybody needs to know that they need to help out in the house. Um, so I think that's vital. And of course, the um, spending as well, you know, in terms of money, um, um, it's, yeah, one of the areas that people need to know, especially during these times with the COVID and things, you know, people have been retrenched. Uh, money management is vital. Only spend for things that you really need. Um, you know, otherwise, uh, think twice or even more than that, whether you really need this particular thing or not. Yeah. Know um, the value and, of money, basically, right? Yeah, know the value of money. You know, I think the social media as well. Sometimes, you know, uh, people get carried away thinking that people are living a life that's, um, you know, very lavish and things like that. But, yeah. You no, know, it, it yeah. kind of, yeah. Um, Influencers upset. and all that, right? Yeah, exactly. So I think um, those kind of things, you just need to be having a strong focus in life and and stick to your goals and, and just, yeah, try to aim it. This has been very, very um beneficial to everyone watching yeah do you have any final advice for everyone about taxes um well i would say that um you know please make sure to file your taxes which is coming up anytime soon don't miss the deadline because the penalties are high yeah yeah uh, and you so- can pay by installment isn't it yeah, you can apply. So that's why it's good to, you know, try to submit it soon so that you can actually apply to the tax department for the installment scheme. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, we've got to know that. I mean, a lot of people are scared of taxes and the word is like, uh, um, you know, it's, it, it's just scary, it's scary for a lot yeah. of people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. But it's not that so scary if um, they just get used to the, um, you know, system and documentations. Um, try to be better compared to the previous year, what you filed, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. So and really, if you're salaried, uh, you, you're going to be taxed anyway. It's being taken out of your salary anyway. So just get comfortable with that, right? Yes, that's right. Exactly. So with salary, you can't do much, but just make sure you keep all your receipts yeah. for the reliefs. Yeah. So maximizing the reliefs because most of the time, actually, we have cases where people don't have insurance or medical insurance, life insurance, medical insurance, um, you know, and um, yeah, so it's just simple, simple or PRS. I mean, these are all savings for you and it's going to be your benefits um, for the future or even books, receipts, you know. So um, these are simple things that at the beginning of the year, you should just start uh, keeping all these receipts and planning your, your you know, um, payments. I just thought of something. It's your husband also an accountant? No, no, he's not. Thank God. All right. There's a balance. <laughs> I, I just realized something. In your case, because I said uh, in many cases, the, the wife is the minister of finance. In this case, you really are the minister of finance for your family. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> that is brilliant. Judy, this has been a very eye-opening conversation. Thank you so yeah. much. I'm yeah. pretty sure we're going to have more conversations with you. And uh, and we hope it's not going to be only when it's tax season. That's we're right. About money, That's right. whatever it is uh, for yes. taxations, right? So this has been yeah. great. Thank you so much for joining us. Sure, sure. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on your show. 